Welcome to Magic Monday, where I explore all things magical, mystical, and metaphysical. I'm Jessica Dewberry, psychic and visionary of Miss J. Do Intuitive. Thank you for joining. Hi, and welcome back for another episode of Magic Monday. So I don't know if you all know, but I do this thing called Wise Owl Wednesday, too. And I try to get to it every week, although some weeks, you know, I, I don't make it. Um, but it's a written thing. And I post it on my social media accounts and website. And it's done by me pulling or shuffling until a card pops out of the Wild Unknown's Animal Spirit deck. So I do use tools for this, you know, and then I tune in to the universal energy of that animal and interpret what I see, feel, and hear. So occasionally I read what the author has written about the card, you know, mostly if it's a spirit card of the deck, which can often be other things than animals, or I include different facts about the animal depending upon the images I'm given. So for example, last week, the stingray came up. And I was drawn to the shape of its body more so than other animals because it's so unique. It's like different parts of different animals put together, right? They're fish and a part of a, a part of the shark family, although they look like neither. They've got these flat um, diamond-shaped bodies, you know, and they flap their sides like wings to swim. And their vertebrae extends into this long venom-producing tail. So animals like this, I know, just have been around for a really long time. So I googled it to see just how long. And I read that it has been around for over 100 million years, you know, and that is some serious longevity. Um, so of course, the stingray, you know, once I tuned into its energy, it wanted to talk about things transforming and becoming long lasting when we invest our energy in the right places. And around this, it mostly wanted to talk about boundaries and depth. You know, and I feel like um, the stingray popping up at, at this time last week was giving us a heads up for what's already unfolding as it relates to the super blood moon eclipse happening on January 31st in Leo. So according to Forever Conscious, it's foreverconscious.com, you know, and I'll just read this quote. It says, the January super blood blue moon eclipse is not only going to help bring resolution and closure to the last half of 2017, it is also going to open and activate a new energy that we are all going to be working with until until um, the next round of eclipses in July and August. And here's the part that I really love. It says, you will really be given a huge push to create a new state of being for yourself, a state of being where you can feel confident, loved and supported by yourself and by the world around you. A state of being where you have the confidence to be yourself and live your truth. So it sounds lovely, right? You know, but we, we always have to, like this always requires that we clear some stuff out first. And since we're talking about states of being here and stingrays are water creatures and we're in Aquarius season, a water sign, um, we're also talking about emotions and how safe and secure we feel. So when I tuned into the energy of the stingray, I heard a few times, the only boundaries that exist are the ones you create, are the ones that we create. 
And I saw an image of them swimming in the sunlit line beneath the surface of the ocean. Now it was a line and it was a narrow one compared to the width and the potential of space that a creature can journey in the ocean. But that line, you know, was extended out endlessly. So first, the message was that we are all just as diverse and dynamic as the stingray. The majority of people think they are more complicated or more dynamic than the other simply because we've learned and practiced, I feel, this stance of difference for so long. Secondly, the message is that limits are always self-imposed, even when circumstances or people other than ourselves justify and seem to argue for those limitations. And I feel that this full moon or this eclipse, excuse me, will be helping us to realize this even more. You know, how we've boxed ourselves in when it comes to certain things and how we've allowed ourselves to see red flags and barriers where there aren't any really. And after that, after that eclipse jolts us in the areas it does, we can then begin to find ways of perceiving those quote unquote limitations differently, right? The key to this though is finding, regardless of the situation, finding the flexibility within any structure, relationship, reality, you know, and just really making it, making it the most accommodating, um, comfortable and freeing experience it can be. Right, but first comes recognizing Recognizing your own value and your own strength and giving air to those feelings rising up in order to see how that can even come about, right? So this eclipse is a rare occasion, you know, and I was going to offer, because it's so rare and because I wanted to celebrate it, I was going to offer a three-day sale on all of my readings, right? So I prepared all of the details, um, put together a lovely photo, but then decided not to. Um, because I feel like the readings I love the most are, and that are of the most highest vibration I can achieve in that altered consciousness place, you know, where a reading takes place. They have always been with soulmate clients who understand without question that my, my time and my service and my talents, you know, they are valuable. Um, and these clients, they understand that although we're we're talking dollars here, right? We're not only talking dollars. We're also talking energy. You know, it's a mutual exchange of it. Um, as I see, as I see fit, you know, and as they see as an invaluable personal investment. So I'm still offering readings and would so love to explore the aspects of, of your life with you, you know, in a psychic reading during this time of the eclipse, you know, but it will just, it'll just be at the usual price. Um, this example, though, also speaks to the third part of the Stingray's message, which was about about adjusting about adjusting personal boundaries. You know, as it relates to others, honoring, assessing, reconfiguring individual connections. So there is no one size fits all, right? There's no one size fits all people or all people in one category, um, nor all people in one household even. So we are being encouraged to set new standards altogether and or in adjust the standards we already have in place. Another thing about stingrays is that they zip right from the shallow end of the ocean floors to um, dwelling between the surface and the deepest depths they can dwell. 
right? And so when it's time to, you know, chill in the sun glow, they do that. And when it's time to camouflage and sand, they do that. And when it's time to, you know, be serious, right? And drill a hole with their stinger through the side of a predator, they do that too. A species does not exist this long um, without having, I feel like a handle, a real firm handle on the time action matrix. Um, and without knowing when, you know, like a little precise and direct and sharp movement might make the difference between hunger and, and being fed or death and, death and survival. But the message around this was about more than just being in that survival mode. So in other words, it's telling us to learn when, learn when your action and or your initiation of action is required. And that's really something I want to draw your attention to for a minute. You know, for those accustomed to just sort of letting things happen as a way of, even if it's unconsciously, you know, as a way of opting out of responsibility for certain situations or for the way those situations happen or play out, you know, particularly as it relates to the emotional side of things, this eclipse, I feel, is going to make that less possible, right, and less comfortable for you to do moving forward. There's no way, if you're really open to standing in your truth, really standing in your power. And I mean, who doesn't want that, right? Whether or not you would put it in those words, whether or not you even know what that, that is yet for you, you know, there's no way you can do that without understanding that passivity too is a choice, right? Thinking that it's better to just let things happen instead of um, being the initiator because then the blame or the results can't fall on you. That is such a limiting um, limiting idea, limit, a limiting belief to, to live by. And it is so untrue, right? So in order to stand in your truth and your power, you have to be open to learning and to observing and to acknowledging um, how you've co-created certain situations in your life so you can be more active, more of an active participant instead of just a reactionary one. And that, that, way of life can, you know, that way life can happen for you um, more on purpose in general, but especially when talking about those parts of life where you seem to struggle the most. Um, and this applies also to those who tend to take action before it's time to take it, which is the camp that I, that I fall in more so, right? It's almost like, you know, how many times do you want to spiral around, right? Um, and I think you know, in the future, I'll dedicate a, an episode to exploring this deeper, but I really want to get going with today's topic. So I've been talking a bit about astrology and a bit about tuning in psychically to animals. And I'm ready, you know, for today's topic, which is all about readings, different types of intuitive readings, some using tools and some not. Um, and joining us very soon will be three talented readers. So we've got astrologer and color priestess, Kelly Joy Starr, Melor Sims, and please correct me when you come on if I have um, you know, mispronounced your name, but she is going to be offering us some insight on her quantum teeth readings, which just sounds so intriguing to me, and I'm really excited to hear about this. And um, ancestral reader and clearer, Helena Ryan, right? And so these wonderful people will be joining us right after the break, and we'll be discussing how we all 
came to do what we do, you know, as readers and how our readings have evolved and what what you can expect when receiving one. So um, we will take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi again. So we're back and we've got everyone with us again. Kelly Jo Starr, which is who is an astrologer and color priestess. Melor Sims on her quantum teeth readings and ancestral reader and clearer. Elena Ryan. So welcome, you guys. Um, can you are you there? Say, yes, say we're here. Hello. hello. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so very excited to have you all here. Um, and really, I just wanted to have a conversation with you all, you know, about how you got started, about how your readings have evolved, about what your readings entail, entail and actually, you know, like what you do. Because some, I'm just, I think I know, but I'd, I'd love to hear it from you. So, Kelly, like, um, if you could just tell us a little about your astrology and your, and your color healings. Yeah, sure. Fantastic. Sure. Can, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can okay, hear you. Okay, perfect. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so basically, um, astrology found me about, oh man, when I was near the beginning of my spiritual journey, I was, um, lots had happened, and I, obviously, I, at that point, it was it was really divine timing. I was receptive to, to so much new information. Astrology was one of them, and I swear to God, once I discovered astrology, um, it's kind of like the light bulbs went off. Things finally started to make sense to me as as to how as to who I was and why my life had gone a certain way and the challenges I was going through, but also my innate you know certain personality traits. And so it was like it, it changed my life from that point on. Um, I had no plans on becoming an astrologer, but it did actually come up. I, I was self I was self taught for about five years, and then one day I said, you know what, I want to go deeper with this, and I want to learn it because I want to share it with the world because it's such a benefit to me. So, so that's when I started studying with my teacher, Robin Armstrong, um, and yeah, and from then on, it was interesting because as I was as I was studying with him is when I kind of started my business at the same time. I started a YouTube channel um, and I became really, um, I became really well known actually on YouTube, on YouTube. And I, that was pretty much my platform for my business. So I love making videos and I, so over the last five years, that's what I've been doing. And in the meantime, I, during my spiritual journey, I was also studying like spiritualism and psychic intuitive abilities, which um, I tapped into and really started to develop. And so that's kind of how it went. And it wasn't up until this this actual past year where I felt kind of lost because I felt like I, I needed there was something missing. And what was missing was my was a deeper sense of creativity and joy because I was going at astrology from a very um, I don't want to say masculine way, but it, it became very dull for me. I wanted something more. And, and that's when the colors came to me, the, the, the system I work with now which is called color mirrors, working with colors. And the color mirrors is an oracle in itself. And that's, and I, what I love about it is it's another system, just like astrology, just like numerology, which I also incorporate numerology into my sessions with clients. So this was another um, modality that just kind of blends in with everything that, that I do, but it totally shifted my energy because it's, it is color therapy. So it shifted my energy so profoundly that I started to find my passion again and my joy and my cre my creativity started coming through again. So I knew there was something to color that I had missing because I was coming about 
um, my work with astrology and intuitive um, readings from a very cerebral, intelligent, um, you know, mind sort of place um, through mind training and, and uh, having a certain mindset. But I was really neglecting the body in many ways, even though I was encouraging people to feel their feelings and to go through the motions I wasn't I was still kind of getting stuck with well how do you move through these transits much more gracefully there's the awareness there but how can we get our bodies in an alignment with what's what's going on and that's when the colors came into play and color really allows you to be open to that healing from a deep cellular level so you know what's going on from an intellectual standpoint you're getting the insight you understand what's going on but the body sometimes still holds resistance and still goes through its um, periods of not wanting change because it's programmed and it holds all the traumas and belief systems and programs and so working with the color and and using that as a as an extra piece to my to my to my work has actually shifted so much and it's so much fun like the colors are just so much fun and yeah and it, like I said it's so new that I'm actually in the in the stages of rebirthing my new identity so through this color mirror program or this modality I've also I've actually rebirthed into a new identity I call myself Kelly Joystar now which is quite new to my to my business and mm -hmm. um, and, and now rebranding everything to add more color into my life so I'm you know in the statement that I'm really sharing with people is to really be uniquely who they are, to shine their true colors. Astrology is such a gift for that. It mirrors to us exactly who our potential, our greatest potential is, and to and to be able to to hone that in and to let that shine through. And I call that shining in 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 our shining in our color, our true colors, shining our stars, living our living our life through colors and through and through our and through our destiny with the stars. So I, I actually call it color your your life with the stars. That's kind of what I what I call it now because it's it literally is adding color to to this. It's like painting a portrait. You got the you got the zodiac there, which can seem very um, mathematical for some people, but when you splash some color, it can be such a beautiful portrait of your of your potential. So that's kind of what's going on with me right now. Like I said, it's really new, but so profound and so powerful. Yeah, and you talk about it with such depth and um, um, ease and joy, even in your voice. It's like I could, I could feel the shift when you when you um, shifted, be you know, from talking about astrology first mm -hmm. into the color. It was just like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So it it totally it. You are so so aligned with that, you know, and I can mm -hmm. just feel it. Um, but okay, I do want to get get back to you in just a moment to hear like what a reading you know, would look like with you. But um, yeah, for now, let's see um, the next Melors. Where are you? Are you there, hon? We'd, I'd love um, to hear yeah, about yeah. your, okay, about your quantum teeth um, readings and, you know, just exactly what that is. So it, it has evolved out of my holistic oral health coaching, which in itself is quite unique because there's not very many people working with um, holistic teeth and gum health and um, doing that work was becoming more and more intuitive uh, in the way that I was applying my book learning and my knowledge about teeth and gums and uh, I started um, <coughs> I started having these kind of, I don't know, spiritual uh, 
epiphanies and breakthroughs coming through. For example, I started feeling a connection with my grandfather, who's a dentist who passed away about 30 years ago, and and, um, I, I... have a very strong sense that he's kind of looking over my shoulder and supporting and and guiding me um, to help people heal their teeth. And then I started to channel uh, codes, which are um, uh, healing chakra codes involving a lot of colour. So I love what you're talking about, uh, Kelly Joy Stab. Wow. I've worked with colour a lot in, in my codes. And at that point, I was like, oh, boy, this is <laughs> this is going way beyond what I expected and I need some help. And I actually reached out to Helena Ryan, who's, gonna, who's talking today as well, to be my mentor. And I worked through her ancestral clearing process, which I'm sure she'll explain. And she um, mentored me to really integrate this, uh, the codes and the intuitive uh, teeth healing work into my coaching practice and when we finished in that with that in December I um, I really got the idea or got <laughs> received this quantum teeth reading uh, thing I don't even know what to call it yet because it is really new <laughs> um, <laughs> Reading. And so um, I've been doing them as standalone sessions alongside my um, coaching practice. And so my coaching still incorporates uh, aspects of the readings, um, but I can also do these readings as a standalone. And um, yeah, that, so that's the story of how I got to where I am. Wow, I absolutely love it. I mean, you just cannot make this stuff up. It's like it's like just so <laughs> unique <laughs> and so amazing at the same time. It's just great. So, um, yes, Helena Ryan, you do ancestral clearings and have, from what Melora said, um, actually helped her, you know, fine tune her offerings for her quantum teeth readings. Um, and so can you tell us a bit about what an ancestral uh, clearing is and how, you know, like, how did you come to, to do that work? Hi, I'd love to. I can talk about this all day, so I'll keep it, I'll keep it as, as brief as I can. Basically, I call myself an accidental ancestral clearer. I never actually intended to do this. It just kind of happened to me, for me, with me. I was on a, on a personal course um, um, over a 12-month period, and one of the one of the days, they encouraged us to go home and forgive our ancestors. And that night, I, I couldn't sleep, and I woke up at 4 a.m. and I drew out this this ancestral map. And I, you know, as most people, I know stories about my grandparents. I met one of my great grandparents, and I'd kind of heard stories about the other, and that was all that I knew. And I. I drew out seven generations, so right back to my great, 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 great grandparents. That's 126 people. And I just started to write and I just started to to know things that I probably shouldn't have known or could not have known. And I started to randomly select people around the map and they started to match up. So couples started to match up in their life experience. And it was really interesting. It was really fascinating. But Having a systemized mind and a mind that always wants to go to the next level, I asked myself, well, what are the belief systems that were coming through the family line that are impacting me today? 
And that's when ancestral clearing was really born because ancestral clearing is really about how the previous seven generations' experiences shape the belief systems that are being passed down through the DNA that are impacting me today and how are they going to impact the future seven generations. So ancestral clearing is about healing the belief systems out of our cells and DNA and and going in it's not about finding you know whether they're right or wrong good or bad it's really about looking back and saying you know is this belief system serving me and helping me and making me feel good about my life and if not we heal it and and clear it up and clean it up so to speak so ancestral work is about looking into the past and how it's influencing us today and it's really beautiful because it's it's a unique modality and i'm in the process of creating my practitioner program because I want to teach others how to do this because I really get that these children that are coming through and, and you know, my son instigated this. He's now three and a half and it's been two years since, you know, since I've started my ancestral clearing. And I really get that these children, they look like us, they sound like us, but they are on a completely different vibrational pathway to us. Mm-hmm. And I really yeah. can see the women I work with, the mothers I work with, the women I be, you know, come in connection with, they all have these amazing children who are so different to us and it's these children who are calling in for us to clear our ancestral lineage because they they have a big you know big important role in this earth in raising its vibration and they can't do that with the old unhealthy belief systems that are not supporting them so i i, I really get that this work is being called through our children it's actually not about us and yet at the same time it's profoundly healing for us you really get a sense of, of who you are. So, for example, um, I'm the first in my mother's line to be born out of Germany and, and my grandfather, um, you know, he was a Nazi soldier. He was taken from school at 14 and he spent a period of time as a guard commander at Auschwitz and I, I never knew this. I never knew this until quite some, you know, quite some time ago and, and what we really got to understand was this feeling of shame that was coming through our family line that was very easily triggered and deeply ingrained through the women in our family line through the the generations was directly linked to what my grandfather experienced yet we didn't know that yet the connection was so profound and clearing out that shame it was blocking me from marketing myself blocking me from putting things out there in a social media excuse me (coughs) capacity out of fear of being embarrassed by what someone might say in, in response to me so these, these experiences our ancestors go through impact us and, and the energy, even though they may have you know, been passed over for quite some time, that energy thread still remains present through the lineage. So mm-hmm. that's that's ancestral clearing. Yeah, I love it. Wow, it's it sounds so, I mean, just amazing. All of you guys, you know, the work that you do is, just sounds really amazing. Um, and I'm so very happy that you're doing it. I mean... You know, like, who better? <laughs> who better? You were so so passionate and so, um, you know, just really in tune with what with what it's about and why the world needs it. Um, mm. And yeah, it's great. And so I'll just tell you quickly about myself. Now I am a um, self-trained psychic and visionary, and also medium. Um, and I guess, you know, we've all been on these paths, right, since forever, regardless of whether or not we we recognized it. Um, but it was probably with, I was already in my 20s when I 
um, started to realize, you know, there was something more to it, I guess. Um, and it really, really um, just developed. My, my abilities developed mostly through writing. And so I earned three degrees in literature and writing before realizing, like, you know, okay, that was my primary tool and playground for for psychic development. Um, I was doing everything through writing. And I even majored for my master's in fiction writing because I had all these, um, you know, all these voices going on, all of this <laughs> stuff I was tapping into that, you know, I just needed to really, like, get it out. Like, no, it's got to go somewhere. You know, it must be just because I'm crazy creative, you know, that I'm, I'm making up all this stuff. And um, once I was at the tail end, though, of my master's program, um, it was like, you know, I was really not feeling like the push, right? Um, the academic circles, um, trying to figure out what to do with my writing. Do I submit it to all these journals and these publishers and whatever am I going to teach for the rest of my life in a classroom? That kind of thing. I was really just trying to figure it all out. Um, and I heard very clearly, writing is a tool. It was almost like my inner being, you know, was shouting at me <laughs> while I was standing in that room, you know, just trying to s sort of sort it out for myself. And I heard it and it was like over and over. Writing is a tool. Writing is a tool. And I was like, holy shit. You know, I've invested all of this time in, um, in this tool and, you know, wanting this tool to be the thing that I that I am about, you know, <laughs> in life. And really it was teaching me, you know, how to, how to go deep, right? How to like, um, find my inner voice, how to like access the spirit world. And it was phenomenal for these reasons. And so then I just finally, um, decided to put the tool aside and get back to, get back to my, my spiritual practices because I had been on and off with them, you know, over the years. And when I did that, I met up with this consciousness mentor and she really just helped me quickly, like within the span of a month and a half or so, just align some things energetically that I needed aligned so I could so I could offer readings to others. Um, but I didn't even go into it with that goal in mind. You know, it still wasn't on my radar, like, okay, I'm gonna give readings after this. It was just like, no, you know, I, I know something is off and I need to I wanna feel better, you know, feel better about what I'm doing in the world and about my life. And so through her, her program, though, I did some past life clearing. I did, you know, just all of this major healing that I needed. But I was so ready. I was so ready because I remember her. And throughout the course, she was just like, wow, I can't believe you, you cleared that already. Wow, I can't believe, like, you tapped into that, you know. And so I was so ready to do the work. Um, and, and what happened at the end, she tells me, okay, so you're supposed to give readings. So now I want you to give me one. And I was so freaked out. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what, is, what is she talking about? You know, <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it wrong. I'm gonna, you know, all of those things that go off in your head, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I gave, the, I gave the reading and it was amazing. And, you know, it just really felt amazing. Um, once I started to open up my mouth and say what I was saying, and she was just, you know, like, yes, okay. And then I kept going, and it just really felt good. And then she set me up with these, um, I think it was about nine different um, sort of volunteer 
volunteers, you know, to give them readings. And I wouldn't talk to them over the phone, though. I was I was still, you know, uh, quite afraid of it, actually. And instead, I did these email readings. And now, though, in hindsight, I, I feel like email readings are one of the hardest ways to do that work. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, right, you're just you're mm-hmm. relying on solely on your connection, not even the person on the other end to say, yes, you're on the right track or no, you know. Um, but I did it. And again, those readings went well. Um, and then I finally worked up enough courage to speak to clients over the phone. And so I, I did that. But I absolutely love now in-person readings, um, live, you know, one-on-one in-person readings. They are, I feel, the easiest. That energy just flows and it's almost tangible um, sitting there across the person, right? Like, I can see the images so much more clearly, I feel, and can almost like raise my hand and move the energy out of the way, you know? Um, So I don't know. It's just really, really remarkable. Um, And it's, it's been also that uh, mediumship was never, like I've always been interested in mediumship, um, but it seems to just sort of pop up in the readings that I offer, you know, if it's, if a dead loved one has a message based around some, um, a topic or area of life that we that I'm discussing with the with the client, then they'll pop in and they'll give that message. Now, early on, though, I had no, no, I had, I won't say I didn't have a clue. I had a feeling, but I doubted it. You know, a person would come who was no longer living and and um, offer some information, and I would constantly question: uh, Are they dead? Are they dead? wait a minute, I don't think so. How could, how can they be? I don't think I'm doing mediumship because why I had sort of shut that part down um, some years back out of fear um, because I would see them, you know, in, in, in form, like in the room with me. And that was just way too much, even, <laughs> even for a psychic, like that was just way too much. So, so, um, but it was, it was really just about me sort of, um, um, working with my guys to set up my symbols, you know, my symbols for this, my signs for that. And once I got a handle on that, I was, um, have been able to, to do lots more mediumship work. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's where I am with that. I'm also, um, working out because I was working with offering or giving a reading to another healer, um, at this fair I was at. And she mentioned how in certain moments when I would pause like she could feel because I was, you know, I was sort of trying to trying to tug, trying to help her clear out some stuff. Um, this even this this um, long family line, you know, um, this idea, this belief that had been going on for generations for her. So I began to sort of tug on it. And before I even said anything about what I was doing, she says, oh, I can feel that. Oh, you're clearing it out. And so I really want to get um, more involved with, you know, Maybe something along the lines of Reiki. I'll see how it develops for me. It's um, it's a new thing, you know, new thing for me to explore. But I noticed that when working with other healers who are already sensitive to this work, they seem to to feel it, you know, um, I guess in a in a more powerful way than working with someone who's not necessarily, you know, as sensitive. And so I want to want to begin exploring that a little more and developing that muscle of healing um, for myself. Um, yeah. So I would love, though, Joy, if we could swing it back to you, Joy. Kelly, Kelly Joy Star, 
uh, if we could swing it back to you, just what a reading looks like. Um, so if a client comes to you and says, yes, I'd love to have an have a reading, you know, what does that entail? Is it is it still part astrology and color combined, or do you work with them separately now, or how does that work? So my goal is to work with the color system now with every session, no matter what I do. Um, but every session is different. Like I've had clients pay for readings, and what they really need is a is a, a counseling session or a coaching session, and I actually put their their chart aside and just have a conversation with them okay. so so it's and again i find it really organic that way because i do have a background in holistic psychotherapy so sometimes they really just want to know they don't like they're coming to me for astrology but they really want that intuitive um you know space for them to 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 share what they share and sometimes it's just more so holding space but yeah for most of my readings i definitely do uh, ask for the birth chart because i'll because that's just kind of my thing. That's the foundation for my work. Um, and any, I get, and I used to use like in the in the previous years, I used to use a lot more of the tarot and oracle cards. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll pull those during a session. But majority of the time, I don't. I just mostly channel and and just get off what I see from the person and from and from the chart. And um, and uh, and sometimes I do channel as I'm looking at the chart. Sometimes I just I'll just stream something and they'll think I'm and I say that sometimes I'll say to them now this is not actually coming from your chart I'm just kind of channeling this in on top of what I'm saying here um and then the colors are just like an extra thing um that I'm just now starting to incorporate into my work but every client is so different um and I also include the numerology aspect of well the the cycles and the timings um mm -hmm. there as well and so yeah that's kind of what I do very organic every client's pretty different but I do usually start with the foundation of astrology um in my in my sessions and it doesn't mean I'm going to use it throughout the session sometimes again I um depending on what the client needs I'll just I'll just I'll use whatever um tools that I that I have available to I'll bring whatever out that they need at that given point in time if that makes any sense yeah yeah it does so with the color though how how does that work because I have I saw the the picture of you um with the colors sitting, you know, it almost looks like liquid in bottles sitting on shelves. Yeah. Behind. Yeah. And so, yeah, so do you want to talk? Go ahead. For I'm sorry. sure. That's okay. So, Color Mirrors is an oracle in itself, and it's also um, color therapy. So, each of the oil bottles you're seeing, half of the bottle is oil and half of it is water. So, sometimes you can see that two, uh, a bottle will hold two different distinctual uh, colors. And so, each of those colors hold a certain vibration, and each bottle actually is connected to a specific number, a certain message, and a certain vibration. So, um, basically, the, the I'll have a client like choose some bottles and then based on the based on the bottles that they choose it kind of tells them a, it tells it tells me a story of where they're at so, um, when I first started doing this very early on like just the last couple of months I would just get a client just to choose one bottle and just that one bottle was enough for me to know exactly where they're whatever challenge they were going through whatever issue they were going with big or small the bottle was actually a mirror to them a mirroring exactly an underlining issue that may that is much deeper than their trivial or you know surfacey situations it actually goes much deeper and then the color mirrors really mirror that to you they're like it whatever colors that you're drawn to the whatever bottles you're drawn to it's really your subconscious or your higher self showing you exactly what to look at at that time and so these baths 
these bottles you can bathe in. Actually, you're supposed to bathe in. So you, you just um, pour some into a bath and you have like a 25 minute bath and it's literally a color bottle, a color therapy in a bath. And it's kind of like a ceremony in itself. Every bath is completely different. You never know what you're going to get, but you do feel something different. Like I've taken baths without the color mirror in the, in the bath since then. And they're not, the, it's not the same. It's literally, it's like, okay, um, yep. You can actually feel like when the color mirror um, system is actually in the bath versus taking a regular bath and so yeah so the the, the bottles act as acts as a mirror as an oracle and, and actually as a as a remedy to help them release that block or deal with whatever they're they're processing and especially if they're going through certain transits astrologically um, certain bottles will help them move through that timing much more gracefully and get and again and to get more in alignment with that timing of their lives right so like and sometimes clients will pick bottles that are exactly what they need according to what their chart is revealing based on you know what what they're actually experiencing in their current LA circumstance so it, it connects so organically and so perfectly I don't really have to do the work anymore the color mirrors yeah. actually does the work for me <laughs> which is really cool yeah <laughs> Yeah, sounds amazing. Well, okay. So, um, Melors, I really want to um, hear what a session looks like for you. Now, I know before um, before the show, you had asked me for the number of one of my uh, of a tooth um, to see what came mm-hmm. up around that, and so I'm just curious to see. Okay. So uh, I get the client to tell me uh, the number of the tooth or teeth or the area of their gums um, where they're having issues or they want to know about and tell me their symptoms and then I um, draw on uh, a number of different frameworks for understanding um, metaphysical influences on teeth. So the meridian system has emotional associations with different areas of the mouth, different teeth. Um, mm-hmm. There's a French called Dr. Michel Caffin who has, uh, through his years of observing in a, a long-standing family practice, he's observed all these social and emotional uh, relationships and, and situations associated with different teeth and different symptoms. And then um, I also refer to the work of Yvette Rose and her metaphysical anatomy to understand um, different symptoms and then uh, I interpret that I take all that knowledge and information and interpret that intuitively and I use uh, tarot cards I have a, a tarot deck um, uh, the medicine woman uh, deck that I've been using for 25 years and uh, it still continues to serve me well and so um, I will pull a card or cards depending on uh, how many uh, teeth we're looking at whether it's just a, a quick one tooth reading, like what I'm going to do for you, or whether I'm looking at um, the overall, the whole of the mouth. So for mm-hmm. um, tooth 16, which is what you uh, were asking about, so tooth 16 is uh, the lower left wisdom tooth. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what I got from that is that you're on the threshold of mastering your craft as a kind of intellectually um, mm-hmm. and but in the past you were you felt really inhibited and and held back and trapped and mm-hmm. uh and this actually really 
I thought I was doing all this reading before we came on the show, but um, what you've said um, in your uh, talking about your work before it really resonates. So, um, uh, what your teeth want from you is for you to surrender, basically, to the universe and to your role as a channel. And the the difficulty that you've been having with your teeth was really that this karmic conflict of what your purpose is, your sole purpose here, and um, your resistance to that, and, and um, uh, trying to find other ways to um, to express what it is that you wanted to express, uh, mm-hmm. and you really want you, and I get this with all, all the time with clients, these things come through again and again, uh, that what they want from you is more joy, more play, more community, more connection, and more nourishment. And that's um, I'm getting it. Getting definitely a message that your teeth have been undernourished in terms of food as well as emotionally. So yeah, it's a very quick one, two, three mm-hmm. thing, but mm-hmm. that's the sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it, and it's so spot on. It's like absolutely, you're 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 absolutely right about everything you said. So thank you so much with that. I really appreciate that. It's so amazing how you can read teeth. Like I, I saw that and it's just like, what? What? This is wild. Like I've never, I've never seen this anywhere else. You know? Oh, but um, fantastic. Yeah, so into the new modality. So yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what so I would do with someone who okay. wanted to keep going was would be to channel codes or meditation, visualization, give them a mantra, you know, continue to work in a kind of spiritual healing plus coaching plus counseling kind of capacity um, mm-hmm. to, to build on the, what I find out through the reading. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. what I do. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, Hel- Helena, Ryan, we've got a couple of minutes or a few minutes left. Um, and I'd like to to hear what you like what a reading looks like with you. So I know that I assume that they are longer, you know, in duration because you've got lots to lots to uncover there. I, I would even imagine I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, happen or unfold over a series of sessions. But go ahead if you could just enlighten us. Yeah, so a full ancestral program does take a a little bit of time because as you've as you've already said that there's there's a lot that you can go into so the way that a way that a session starts is i actually divide the ancestors into four quadrants so basically going out through each grandparent and that's how we work we work with your mother's mother your mother's father your father's father and your father's mother so we work at a quadrant at a time and when when clients come to me we we sit with that quadrant and what what i do is I um, drop them into meeting their ancestors. Um, I'm a really big believer, and I see this with my work. It's a it's a unique way of, I guess, channeling or providing information, because ancestral information isn't outside of you. It's not somewhere in some magical, mystical place. It's sitting inside of you. It's in your cells, in your DNA, in your bones, and so. Mike, I trust my clients and I say to them, all of this information is inside you. My job is to bring it up into conscious awareness so that Mm -hmm. they're aware of the patterns and the beliefs playing out. And the way that we connect in is I usually get them to begin talking about what they know about their family. It's it's like 
like a doorway that opens. And for some people, they might have had some extensive family history um, research happen. For other clients, they may have been adopted or they may know absolutely nothing. And it doesn't matter what your level of conscious knowledge around your family is at. Sorry. <coughs> it doesn't matter what your level of conscious knowledge around your family is at. Wherever you're at, that's where we work from. And so as we sit with the ancestral map with your with that particular grandparent and going back through the generations, we start to tune into and allow to arise up the different belief systems, the different patterns that have emerged through the family line, where they've come from, how they've impacted the belief systems and the DNA, how they're influencing you today in your personal life, in your soul's work, in your relationships and children and family. And what we do is we also identify, um, you know, some of the trauma that that has played out. So there are some um, ancestors. Sorry, I've got a, a little bit of an annoying cough. <coughs> um, there are some ancestors who have experienced, um, you know, extensive trauma for various, you know, for various, um, from various experiences. And sometimes what we have to do is actually heal that for them. And and the work that I'm doing has been the coming together of, of all of my modalities. It's been influenced by the previous modalities I've trained in and is now you know, becoming a life of its own, its own modality. And mm -hmm. I have different processes and, and um, methods to releasing the healing and the trauma. And I guess that the biggest thing that um, I guess for listeners to take away with ancestral lineage is that a lot of the trauma gets stuck because they haven't been validated it's, it's like an experience where you might turn up to your best friend's house and you've had a really, really difficult experience and you need to have a cry and vent and get things off your chest and they turn around to you and say, just get over it and move on and that energy gets locked and stuck inside you and, and we are the first generation to really have those opportunities for healing. So there's, there is quite a bit of healing that's available within the ancestral lineage because they didn't have the tools or the resources or permission or the cultural beliefs and understanding around healing. So there is quite a lot of trauma that is sitting within the ancestral line. You know, we've had experiences of war going through the generations and famines and all sorts of different experience, particularly with women having their voice shut down and then women mm -hmm. now allowed being allowed to express their soul's purpose through their business and it being a business and not a hobby. There's a lot of hobby energy playing out for, for women in business because this is the first generation really that we're allowed to step into and really earn our own money. And there's just a few little tail in beliefs that are, that are floating around for a lot of the different cultures around the world. So what we get to at the end of, end of an ancestral session is a, a map that's you know, it's coded with all of the different types of lines and patterns coming through, a list of belief systems, any vows or curses or anything along those lines, any traumas that have that have been experienced. And we download this whole experience within this quadrant. And then the following session, we actually heal and release and complete all that and, and, um, and let it go. So it's some clients come for a single off session where they might have one particular issue that they kind of get a feeling. And most people know when it's ancestral because they've tried so many different things and they just can't release this belief or this pattern and it's just nothing seems to, to work. Or they just get this feeling that it's come from the family line. They might see, you know, the pattern playing out in other family members and, and you know, family patterns can be a little bit tricky to identify simply because, you know, they're hiding in plain sight. They're heavily ingrained in us and they can be a little bit tricky to, to pick up. 
And so at the end of the session, it's it's cleared, it's released, and, and we're able to, to move on. And along with clearing and releasing the blocks and the challenges, it's also about activating the gifts. Sorry, excuse me. <coughs> it's about activating the gifts. Our ancestral lineage has has so many gifts and so many empowered experiences that might not have fully been opened into and allowed to to come through the family line. So it's also about activating them and opening opening ourselves into those beautiful empowered gifts that can come through. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely um, relate. That is, and I hate to cut you off, but we are running out of time. So I just wanna wanna. Um, say quickly, you know, what a reading looks like with me. But I, I know what you mean in terms of activating the gifts. That is something that I definitely um, do through my readings with my clients. So it's not only, you know, this sort of predictive session of, you know, will I um, get married in two years or will this happen to me? First of all, I want, um, well, the clients who that who I attract and who I feel are my soulmate clients, you know, they they understand more about standing in their own power than that anyhow. You know, and so, yes. um, but that again, though, that's just that activating gifts, right? Helping them see or and pull out, you know, helping them draw out to the surface what it is that they um, are passionate about doing in life, you know, what their larger purpose is, how they can do that in multiple ways and not just through one avenue, as we have often um, been told, right? Like we've got this one soul life purpose and that's yes. it, you know, no, it's like, we are the source, right? And so whatever we do, we can, we can live out that purpose, you know? Um, but also just, you know, how they can step out in the world in larger ways, how can, how they can, um, uh, rid themselves, their vibrations of those, of the limiting beliefs of the things that block them and bind them up, you know? Um, and so I absolutely love those higher vibration, higher vibrational readings, you know, where I sit down with a client and Hate we're already in, in but this. We're uh, already over by a bit. Oh, we have another live okay. show on next. Sorry. <laughs> All right, you guys. So I feel like, uh, I mean, we've just got to wrap it up here. Um, and I'd hate, um, you know, wish we had more time together because there's so much more to uncover. So hopefully in the future we'll get a chance to do this again. But I do appreciate you guys coming on. It has been has been fantastic hearing about what you're doing. Um, and I will definitely be checking out, you know, checking you out, staying Thank in touch. Thank you, Jessica. Thanks Thank you so much. much. Thank, uh-huh. you. Thank you. Bye. Uh-huh. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for being here, and be sure to tune in every Monday at 5 p.m. on Station 2. To learn more about my upcoming events and classes, and to experience a reading for yourself, visit my website at readings.missjdu.ca, and I'll talk with you soon.